Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. Now Karen free. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You know, no Karen's allowed on this podcast. No. Uh, With me, as always, is Stephen Taylor. How are you two doing today? doing okay it's it's been a weekend i'll, I'll say that but yeah doing yeah. okay because that karen thing that's for my benefit <laughs> yeah. yeah it's uh you know it's been a weird weekend it's uh mm-hmm. it's been very warm like yesterday it I has went to bed and i was just like oh my god it's so fucking hot i can't go to sleep and it's just it's been a thing but you know what we're here to talk about Gender, gender bending, maybe gender bending. <laughs> Wait, did I watch the wrong movie? Maybe Adrian Pastor was a little slightly feminine in this movie. I don't know. Uh, John Rabendi. <laughs> you know, they're both G and Bendy. You know what? It's I'm, I'm running with that, even if it doesn't make sense. Uh, John Rabendi movies this week uh, with Near Dark and uh, the next episode, Vampires. Near Dark. I say I kind of prefer it out of the two a little bit more. Um, yeah, just I would agree. It's slightly better made. Um, and also, too, like, if you've watched Point Break, this kind of reminds me a little bit of Point Break with, like, the gorgeous mm-hmm. cinematography and sort of yeah. like the, the scoundrels on the run. Kind of like, the, I want to one day compare Near Dark to uh, Point Break and draw the similarities. I think there is some. Just I mean... You start at the head, Catherine Bigelow. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's, I, yeah. It's it's the Near Dark is one of those movies that I I think it even transcends age. Like yeah. it's still it, it still holds up so well. I mean that score by Tangerine Dream oh. uh, is just absolutely incredible. Um, and yeah, Adam Greenberg is your cinematographer on this one, who also did T Two Judgment Day. Yeah. Uh, ghost. Uh, I mean, he was he was the man uh, of the time for sure. Uh, and I mean, the same year, because this this was his fourth movie Jeez. in eighty nineteen eighty seven. He did Three Men and a Baby. He did La Bamba, and he did A Walk on the Moon. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy because this movie just I don't know it 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 has the sort of look to it that feels so unique. For, especially for a horror movie, because mm-hmm. you've got that sort of southern kind of drawl to it, and yeah. yeah, you've got the vampires, and it just works so well. Well, it's a it's a nomadic western at the yeah. end of the day. Like it, it is it it, and it's a nomadic western about just uh, about family. Yeah, mm-hmm. like as as brutal and and and, and horrifying. As as these vampires are, they're they love each other. They're a loving family mm-hmm. that love each other, and it's you know you flip the coin on, on them being bad guys, and it's yeah, it's 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 about family love. Yeah, I mean, and it's interesting that both of the movies we're talking about this week 
you kind of end up sympathizing with people who are the bad guys at some point throughout yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Whether they're the main characters and they're just happen to also kind of be bad guys or they're the big bads, but you still feel that sympathy with mm-hmm. whatever they're going through. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And yeah, there's a little bit of like sort of, yeah, sympathy for, uh, you know, vampires, vampires, vampires. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the vampires. Oh, yes, I gotcha. Vampires. <laughs> oh, vampires. This is just great. I- Oh, go ahead, Taylor. Oh, I was just going to say, mostly just for, for me in this movie. The other vampires were obviously a little more bloodthirsty, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I do like about this movie, too, that like you almost don't know for the first little bit that it's a vampire movie until, you know, you get that scene in the truck and you're like, oh, okay. That's what we're going mm-hmm. for here. Yeah. Um, the official summary of Near Dark, a Midwestern farm boy reluctantly becomes a member of the undead when a girl he meets turns out to be the part or be part of a band of southern vampires who roam the highways in stolen cars. Yeah, it's uh, it, that's that's the movie in a nutshell. Why we chose it? I mean, A, it's amazing. B, I think like there's a lot of ways that horror can kind of infuse different genres and you know mm-hmm. we talk a lot about like horror comedies and action yeah. horror and stuff like that but you don't really talk about western horror that much no like, i think we've talked How... about what's that movie with jeff bridges when it was uh bone homahawk that's it like, oh yeah Tomahawk, that's a recent example kurt russell it's kurt yeah. russell yeah oh yeah yeah um so that movie is uh a very recent example, but there's something to go farther back. So it's good mm-hmm. to those ones too. I, I used to just sell this. I just used to sell people on this movie by being like, it's bloodsuckers in a Winnebago. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah, and it's done by Catherine Bigelow. So, you know, like, it, it's a really easy sell. Like, even, mm-hmm. it, it's funny because when, because uh, I believe Lionsgate has the distribution rights to this movie now. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they re when they reproduced the uh, DVD and Blu-ray for it, uh, they packaged it around Twilight. Oh, they, the the cover the cover is almost looks like a Twilight cover now. Uh, you could probably Google that cover and see exactly what I'm talking about because it's just Adrian Pastar and Jenny Wright on the cover now. Weird. And yeah, they tried to they tried to market on the romance of it. And yeah, I mean the romance is definitely a main plot thread in this movie. That is that is such a, a miss sell. <laughs> yeah. It is absolutely such a a, a miss sell. Mm-hmm. You uh, want to know what's kind of funny though is that in this in Near Dark, May kind of does the vampire speech that. Uh, what's his face? Cullen does from Twilight. Yeah. Where she's like, "Do you see that star in the sky? When the light <laughs> hits it, I'm gonna be here still because I'm just that old." Like she does that whole speech thing still, which mm-hmm. I think is really funny. It's almost like a, a less cringy version. Well, we <laughs> okay. Let, 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 let's let's fire some shots here. We do know that Stephanie Meyer had, doesn't have a single original thought in her head. True. And yes. all of this shit. The only thing that came out of her head was the sparkliness of these vampires and the fact that they can walk in day and sparkle. That's the only thing she added to it. And albeit that's the fucking worst fucking plot line of any fucking vampire <laughs> movie that I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. Okay. And Stephanie oh, yeah. Meyer is a goddamn hack. 
I, I should, I'm not, I'm not saying it in a way that's making me like, no, no, I'm not no. like deriding this movie for it. I just think it's funny. that. Why are you praising her? <laughs> Stop it. Uh, there is nothing good about Twilight in my life. No, no. Other than every once in a while when I need something real trashy to watch and I'm drunk, yeah. that then it's perfect because I can sit and down and laugh at the same time. I will say this. David Slade tried to direct the hell out of that Eclipse movie. Like, it's the only passable one. And the only thing that works in that movie is Jasper's backstory. That's the only thing that works. Yeah. I think, okay, I'm not going to get into a Twilight. <laughs> Never, mind. Never mind. I'm not going to go this there. This is the perfect time to get into that conversation, <laughs> though, Taylor. No, because this is going to be me being, like, one of those bitchy fangirls that's like, this, but that plot point was never even brought up again, and blah blah blah. Like, yeah, I that's true though. That's true. I can't go there. <laughs> they, they forget Jasper and what's 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 uh, is it? Uh, uh, Ashley Green's character, the one that's like clairvoyant. Is that? Yeah, that's the because they've, I mean, that's they've been happens. a couple for so long, and blah that's blah blah. What happens when you write tertiary characters as props, though, instead of actual characters? You know, and it, again, a problem with the source material, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 You can only do so. You can only mine so much passable shit out of a pile of diarrhea. <laughs> I think I watched the first movie, and I was just like, "I'm never watching any of these ever again." My oldest was into them at the time, so I had to bring her like after the first movie because I rented the first movie for her. After that one, I had to bring her to see all of those ones. So I was basically like the one older dude in a sea of like teenage oh. girls it was <laughs> it was it was like i there there's parts in the last two movies where i was full on laughing my ass off in the theater and like people were staring at me and stuff i'm like no this is so ridiculously stupid yeah that it's it's a this is a fucking comedy yeah Near Dark, not a comedy. Although it's funny. <laughs> it has really funny things to it. Uh, Bill Paxton uh, Severin is the heart and soul of the comedy to this movie. Yeah, you can definitely tell that uh, Catherine Bigelow was like, "Hey James, I need you to loan me some of your actors from Alien." Yeah, because I want to make my movie as cool as possible. So yeah, you have Lance Henriksen, uh, yeah, Bill Paxton. So but Jeanette Goldstein. Was she in uh, Aliens too? She's she's Vasquez. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, she's badass in that movie. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. She's she's Vasquez. I, I, uh, Jeanette Goldstein is one of my favorite actresses of the '80s, just for how how kick ass she is. Of course, she was also in Terminator Two as well. Uh, she plays the unfortunate uh, adoptive mother of John Connor. Oh, okay. you remember that? Yeah, uh, I absolutely love Jeanette Goldstein, and I, what I—I I, I mean, yeah, we, Near Dark owns owes a lot to Aliens. But what I think is fascinating about this is Bigelow and Eric uh, Eric Red wrote them as complete opposite archetypes to what they played in Aliens. They're mm -hmm. playing against type in this one, and I think it—it's it, so fucking perfect. And not only that, you have Trancer's Tim Thomerson playing uh, uh, Adrian Pastar's dad in this one, who is also excellent in this movie. So good. And the little sister. There, There is like a couple of, when we get to Best Line, I think I have one of hers written down because she was just like, I, I felt like in an alternate universe, there is a movie where when Caleb gets kidnapped, like at the beginning by the vampires when he's like running back home from the field, mm -hmm. 
rather than following him, we just follow Sarah as she goes and she grabs her gun and she goes and rescues Caleb from evil vampires. And that's a movie that I want to see happen at some point. Yeah. Unless she's a little girl. Or, like, at some point, like, at the end of the movie, like, I just, I really feel like Sarah grows up and she just becomes a vampire hunter. Nice. Totally. So it'd be like an S. Darko. B- basically, but I also <laughs> don't want to think about S. Darko. <laughs> I know, I'm bringing up nightmares there. <laughs> she could join uh, James Woods and, you know, hunt some vampires, you know. <laughs> I have some stuff to say about James Woods on that next episode, so. Oh, I got some stuff, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, what well, was the first time you guys watched this movie? Uh, VHS in the 90s. Uh, my uh, aunt that wasn't an aunt had just shelves and shelves and shelves of movies. And this, I, I, the cover was, uh, was Bill Paxton all like, uh, all like sunburnt and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this looks awesome. And the cover on the back was, you know, him covered in blood wearing the sunglasses from the bar scene, which is the fucking greatest scene of that movie. Yeah. It's so fucking awesome. Um, but I was just like, I have to watch this movie. And, I was entranced, even at a young age. I was absolutely entranced, and like I said, uh, I've already said it. This this movie doesn't pale. It's just, I, I think you notice more killer things about it every time you watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a movie that uh, yeah, it, it keeps on giving. Like, there's different things you sort of find out about it each time you watch it. Like, I didn't even realize Vasquez was in this. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in back. What it just and the names are also cool. I mean, Jesse Hooker, uh, uh, Homer, like all the names are so oh, fucking yeah. great in this movie. I mean, even down to to Caleb Colton. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they all have such phenomenal names, and like I mean, that's the thing about this script is it's already dripping with atmosphere and history, and I, I think that's what's so phenomenal. Like how far do these guys' stories go back? You know, like we can even make prequels in Near Dark's universe. Oh, for sure. And I know, like, uh, the fandom has always clamored for a sequel to this or a prequel. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's unfortunate because Catherine Bigelow, I think she sort of, yeah, moved on to, yeah, more uh, Oscar stuff. That Yeah. Her, uh, like, I mean, she's got two very, very, very separate careers. Uh, I mean, the 90s, the, the late 80s and 90s was such a heyday because, like, you uh, you have so many crazy genre movies like this, Point Break, Strange Days, which is such an underrated, underrated film. Like, I, I just, I, I praise that film almost on a constant level. It's so well done. Mm-hmm. And then, I, I mean, you have that Hurt Locker split where, where yeah. she wanted to make something with more societal impact i want to say yeah. I, I mean detroit has it written all over it yeah. uh and 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 honestly in given the world's climate right now and, and and what's at the forefront detroit should be an immediate watch for anybody right now oh for sure uh and not to say that those movies are bad but part of me is always like eh, you, you you were making some fun movies back in the day and mm-hmm. i think there there's room in a director's career to sort of fit in both like have your fun and also you know, you can make stuff that gets Oscar buzz too. You can do both. Um, Not everybody always watches the Oscars. Some of us just like good movies. Yeah, some of yeah. us just like to watch vampires uh, getting toasted in the sun. So yeah, appease us too. 
(laughs) (laughs) What about you, Taylor? When was the first time you watched this? Uh, for the podcast, I actually hadn't seen this movie. I've I've heard of it, but for some reason, it had never shown up on any of my lists. So, oh wow, I'm I'm glad though. I'm glad that I finally. Yeah, I you know I I kind of wish that I was Taylor for 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 that first time watch again because it is it's a special movie and it's mm-hmm. like like it has to like after you're just you i i i'm not like getting trying to get into your head but you have to have been like why didn't i watch that before but, i mean to be fair there are a number of movies we uh cover on the podcast that i think mm-hmm. that about because i just have had I don't know. I, I haven't had a ton of exposure, especially to older horror. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up around, like, I mean, Saw, Paranormal Activity, that was the kind of horror I grew up with, right? So For sure. The, the older horror, especially, like, I, I don't know if this would be considered, like, a hidden gem, because it seems like it's fairly well-known to most people, it's, but... It's got a fair... It's, I think it's got a, a serious fan base to it, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am glad that I get to watch these movies especially with you guys because you guys know movies and i feel like i don't so it's <laughs> it's always a learning experience which is fun yeah i always by the way whenever i watch this movie i always get jenny wright mixed up with robin wright and i'm like oh when are you gonna show up on house of cards and it's like wait no wrong wrong movie wrong <laughs> um yeah i watched this movie back in the 2000s uh back when you would just go into a blockbuster and you would just look at covers of things and think i have no idea what this movie is but the cover looks so cool um yeah i would always frequent the horror section and just pick up things and i remember i picked this one up and brought it back and yeah we watched it it was just fantastic like so good um and it's a movie too that i think if you were like my like 13 14 when you watch this this is what is like the coolest movie you've ever seen because like you've got like yeah it's like roaming band of vampires you've got like this kind of southern drawl like this is the coolest movie you've ever seen when you're that age uh mm-hmm. i definitely remember like quoting this movie in high school and people being like what we're into fast and the furious what the hell are you talking about kurt but uh, <laughs> you know it, it, it it's it's a movie that I'll, it has its charm and i really i just enjoy watching it every so often mm-hmm. so. and it it does a, like i like movies that don't do super corny things with vampires like this movie has some cool lore about like how you become a vampire you can actually be spoilers but you can be cured of vampirism like i like that they went there with all that stuff because i as someone that likes those details it's like oh that's super cool like it builds a world that you can then kind of buy more into yeah for sure um yeah uh we got a couple emails here um danielle says watching this i saw a lot of comparisons to the lost boys which you could easily do as a double feature with this but this film mm-hmm. has an amazing cast and really stood out i'll be re-watching this again soon sweet nice mm-hmm. nice yeah. i can definitely see the lost boys comparison for sure yeah i i it had to have been because lost boys was 88 yeah so yeah i mean this came after uh, but I mean, Lost Boys is like it's a very different movie. It's it's a it's like a it's like a one of those waterfront beach movies. It says it you came know, out the same year. It came out same. It came out eighty seven as well. Yeah, they both came out eighty seven. What a what an embarrassment of riches that year was. <laughs> Let's see. Like October holy shit. Second for Near Dark and. 
July 31st for Lost Boys. So Lost Boys came out first, but... Oh, shit. I mean, yeah. they would have definitely have been in production with Near Dark, so there's no way mm-hmm. they could have, you know, seen that coming and known no. that they were going to have so much similarities, but... Yeah. No, but I, I, I double feature. Hell yeah! Like uh, Twilight Drive-In, if you're listening. <laughs> that would be cool. Perfect. Actually. I think they already did Lost Boys as well. They did. Yeah, I think so. They paired it. With, they, did, they didn't pair it with Near Dark. They should have. But no, they should have. Be perfect. Yeah. Especially I, a summer movie. Rather than being a Halloween time movie, this is summer. Yeah. yeah can we get more summer horror? I need more yeah. summer horror. Yeah, like not that I'm complaining because uh, I I do love the fall too, but I need horror all year round. Yeah, um, I've seen articles online talking about how Near Dark and The Lost Boys like revamped vampires. Almost does that sound accurate? Like were they that kind of pioneered a different style for vampires? Well, yeah, because I I mean this is like uh, Hammer films had already kind of gone away, uh, which was the traditional sense of vampires. You know, the cloaked vampires, which I mean, does the cloaked vampire definitely makes an appearance in our next movie, uh, yeah. uh, John Carpenter's Vampires? But um, yeah, this uh, this made it contemporary. You know what I mean? This this updated it uh, i mean even though jesse is a former confederate soldier and everything like he evolved with the times as well um and i mean even like diamondback is is like she's bleach blonde like she's like she is indicative of that hard drinking rock and style yeah. and i uh, i mean uh Lost Boys is more in that rock and roll new wave style. This one is in that Steve Earl Copperhead Road style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. For sure. I just keep thinking about Saxman now every time we're talking about Lost Boys. Uh, I think, uh, funny enough, the person who plays the Saxman in Lost Boys also pl- was in a band in Roadhouse. Oh, shit. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> weird, weird little connection between those movies. Um,. Dylan says this movie was such a random film. I'd never thought to check it out. What's been the biggest pleasant surprise first viewings for you doing the podcast? I think last uh, recording with House was one of our most recent ones for me, at least. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> uh, putting you guys through society was really fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, society was great. Um, <laughs> it's hard to remember. It's like a lot of like. A lot of them I've seen before, yeah. but like, man, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, yeah, definitely. Like, House Hasu was really good. Um, yeah, I need know. to go through some of our older episodes and see what we got. There's a lot of ones that I haven't seen before. I feel like there's probably a good one. Yeah, somewhere. I think um, one that uh, I had seen that I I, I like sharing personally was. Um, when we did the changeling that one's always fun to watch with people Mm -hmm. Mm because everyone always likes that movie so just trying to think Uh... it's a hard one for me just because i watch so much yeah and like i mean uh, you know full disclosure i've said it before i'm older than you guys by by a, a fair bit so it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like I've been embedded in in, in horror since the early '90s, so mm-hmm. it's yeah. like it's <laughs> it's really hard to 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 put something by me unless it's come out maybe in the last 
little bit, but still, I, I'm I, I like to say I'm fairly on the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, most yeah. Of these, I, I, we've I've seen already. So I think a lot of the ones that I'm always pleasantly surprised ones are by are the the ones like uh, Creep Show or things like that where they're a little bit goofy, and uh, I I go into them thinking they're going to be a little more serious maybe, and then they're not. I'm always pleasantly surprised by those ones. I I'll say like like the more ones that we've covered recently like i will say like the first time i watched it like not for the podcast but just as seeing it in general that i was like so excited and like giddy about like watching it at the time mm-hmm. the lighthouse the oh, lighthouse 100 yeah. percent. like they like we covered it on that show so i guess it, it, i would say it accounts i was like i was like on pins and needles in the excitement the whole movie like it was just it was an enriching movie experience for me so i'll probably say the lighthouse yeah I'd probably say Night of the Creeps. It's probably oh, hell yeah, Tom Atkins. Yeah, I have a you got you just gotta love that and just like badass Tom Atkins too. You know what I mean? Like thrill me, like yeah. <laughs> and that's a that's... movie that like I've wanted to see so many times, and then I just it's it's kind of a hard movie to find. Like there's not too many copies out there that you can find. No. So I think when we watched it and I finally just made an effort to find it, I was like, oh, this is great. So, And now we got the beautiful Shout Factory edition. Yes. And it's so, 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 so good. Like, Shout- Thank you, Shout Factory. Shout Factory gets a break from taking my money after they took like nearly $250 for that Friday the 13th box set. But, but how <laughs> pumped are you, though? But how pumped are you? I mean, I'm, I... I spent literally half of my day at work trying to buy that thing. And it <laughs> like... I should have probably been doing work, but am I, you know, glad that I got it? Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> and that is a really cool collection. Like, yeah, it, and the perfect people to do it. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, uh, if you don't know, listeners, they just put out a uh, pre-order page for a new sixteen-disc, twelve-film collection of Friday the Thirteenth, and the uh, cover art for the box is just amazing. I jokingly say it's like Avengers Endgame, but with Jason Voorhees, like there's just different versions and it's all like him kind of throughout the ages. It's pretty cool, <laughs> but yeah, not cheap. I think it was like $150 American and with shipping it came out to be like $250 Canadian. It was, yeah, not cheap, but <laughs> I mean, I was going to buy it regardless. Yeah, no, that, as soon as you sent that to me, I'm like, so you've already bought it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> $250, the price of living your dreams. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think my girlfriend was even like, I know you're going to spend the money on this. Just just do it. Like, just buy it. Like, <laughs> if you don't, you're going to hit yourself forever. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're right. So, um, Kyle says, is, is there a reason Catherine Bigelow doesn't make more horror movies? It, it shifted her career a little bit. To, mm-hmm. She's found success in making movies like The Hurt Locker and whatnot. And, power to her i mean she does a really good job with that i i wouldn't mind if she went back to like her point break near dark days of just kind of making some cheesy campy action movies horror movies yeah i think you gotta oh go ahead well you gotta put her career in perspective as well because she ended off the 90s with strange days which uh, you know as much as i praise it it was not a success People didn't like the movie. People were confused by the movie, and they just weren't into it at all. Yeah. They weren't into this this turn of the millennium, like weirdo thriller with like kind of like techno thriller. Yeah. And uh, and then even if you're Catherine Bigelow, well, okay, 
that, A, she's a woman director, so she's not getting the projects made that she wants to get made. It's mm -hmm. a constant problem. It's a problem that it, we're still trying to get over today. And then secondarily, genre films were really hard to sell in the 2000s. Nobody really wanted to make them anymore. They wanted the surefire box office hits, and we got dulled out by it. Because yeah. they're only in the last 10 years making their comeback, and, and, and still they're a gamble for studios. Mm -hmm. So she had to shift her focus into what was going to get made. And she didn't have James Cameron to help studio massage anymore, right? Because... No. At that point, they'd been far divorced and, you know, like, like she didn't have, she, she, and she didn't want that to, to inform the rest of her career. She wanted a separate career from that. So, uh, I, I will, I will say Hollywood was very hard on, on Catherine Bigelow and yeah, they awarded her with an Academy Award later, but mm -hmm. you know, that was the last one that women are going to get as far as this point, which is fucking sad. Yeah. For sure. Um, Unless I just jump up on stage and steal one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Taylor's the rebel that we need. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Please help me live my dream of stealing an Academy Award. <laughs> As you should. Um. <laughs> um yeah, it's. Uh, I, here's the thing. I. I think it. You know, for a lot of actors and directors, like even you see this with like the Friday the Thirteenth movies. To circle back around to that, like where you get guys like Kevin Bacon who show up in that and you know it's just a launching pad for their careers and then you know they get on to bigger better things and you know people always ask Kevin Bacon well what about Friday the 13th and he's like the fuck like I did that for a paycheck and to get some experience like why mm -hmm. would I care right like it's just unfortunate that you know a lot of actors and talent and directors uh see things as more of a means to an end and rather you know like this is something that they could go back to um, who knows, maybe if Catherine Bigelow keeps making movies, she'll start bombing and she'll be like, you know what, maybe I'm going to make Near Dark 2 finally, but, uh, <laughs> probably not going to happen. I don't see it happening, no. No. Okay. Um, best line in this movie. You have a favorite line? Finger licking good. Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. Severin has, I mean, like I said, he is the comedic heart and soul to this movie, and... I mean, he has so many, so many great lines. Like, howdy, I'm going to separate your head from your shoulders. Hope you don't mind none. Mm, or like, when Homer's complaining and he goes, yeah, we don't got to hear about it every night. I like that a lot. Yeah. Or uh, him threatening to to grind uh, Colton's face off on the, on the, Caleb's face off on the ground. I mean, <laughs> he gets so fucking, he has so many great lines. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, there was a couple that Sarah said too that I thought, were really cute and adorable when Homer comes up to her at the vending machine and he's like, what are you doing up so late? And she's like, I do what I want when I want to do it. And mm -hmm. she was just like so sure of herself. And I thought it was really great. Yeah. And then when they go into the hotel room, I think she asked something like, you stay up later. You people stay up late. Like she, she's not even phased by it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like diamondbacks. No, honey, the drinks on me. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of great lines in this, and that's the thing, like Point Break before, a lot of great one-liners in this movie. How can you not just constantly make puns when you're a vampire, though? I mean... Mm -hmm. 100%. <laughs> um, well, I mean, at a certain point, you probably, like, your words... Uh, you've said so many words over the hundred year or hundred or so years, so so everything has to kind of sound like a soundbite. Like you could probably get bored with talking at that point. 
Maybe, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have best performance in this movie? Uh, um, who I I it's a t- I think it's a like a three way tie between um Lance Henriksen, Jeanette Goldstein, and Bill Paxton. Like they the three of them. They exude such a history together. I mean, Homer's just a kid and like a little homicidal kid. Uh, so I, I really wonder what the direction was on him. Uh, but I mean, those three, they feel like they know each other all so freaking well. And they probably do because they've spent so much time together uh, between Aliens and this film. Yeah. Um, and it, it shows. They they feel road worn and, and weary and stuff. And I, I love that about them. And I mean, Jeanette Goldstein to be like the matriarch to go from the badass Marine to the matriarch is so perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would probably say Bill Paxton out of all of them, just because he does kind of steal the show a lot of times, but I do agree. Like the three of them are like together, like such great performances and mm-hmm. really do. Uh, such a great job. But yeah, if I had to choose one, I would choose Bill Paxton. Not to be cliched because it's a vampire movie, but they all feed off each other. Hey. <laughs> what about you? I don't know. It's 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 hard to choose because I feel like they all do kind of feed off each other. Um let's see. I'm looking up actors' names because I'm always terrible with it. My, I had written down, um, I really liked Jenny Wright as May. I thought she was really good. I thought, I don't know. I, they all do such a good job of being bad people, but also like their own characters. Like they're not there to just be bad characters. They have their own stories fleshed out and everything. And I think I just, I have to agree with like pretty much everything that Steve said, where it's like, they're their own unit almost kind of. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to separate them into their own. Well, like, and I, I believe, am I wrong believing that Severn's a younger vampire than even Homer? That's what it seemed like. Because he calls, the, I think he calls Homer old man at one Old man, point. yeah, he does. Yeah. So Severn is the newest vampire. And, or no, no. Is, is May? I'm trying I, to, I, I think I, Severn I might be the newest vampire actually. I don't know if it's ever confirmed, but I always, it kind of seemed like that because he was almost like the rambunctious teenager of them, yeah. right? Yeah, I think, I think Severn comes out of, like, the 60s. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He I, I think... He definitely yeah. has, like, a 60s vibe to him, for sure. Oh, he really does. He maybe, really does. Like, a it, greaser thing to him, there right? Was, there was someone who makes a, a comment to Jesse at some point, though, being like, don't you remember when we started that fire in Chicago? And I thought it was a, a reference to the great it, fire it, in it, Chicago. It is. Yeah, it is. But so I can't remember if that was, that was Severin that said that, right? Yeah, it is. It so is. I think he's at least that old. But as far as we know, that could be still the youngest of them. So. Which is the which is the 1915 around there? Uh, I think the it was eighteen. Oh, is it eighteen hundred? Okay. Yeah. Because, yeah. because yeah, because Jesse is Jesse is the oldest one in there. I mean, he was a Confederate soldier and stuff, mm-hmm. which is uh, full on established. Yeah, eighteen seventy one. Okay. So still, still pretty old. That's definitely older than I thought he was. But yeah. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> you can't tell with vampires though. No. There's so much. There's so much history. Like that's the greatest thing about Near Dark is there's so much 
history, untold history within this story, mm-hmm. within this like very contained, less than ten character story. And it, I, yeah. I, I don't think the actual story even happens over that long a period of time no. either. I think it's a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But I, 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 that's one of the reasons I think this movie works so well, though, is because it actually treats its characters well, and it gives them things to do, and it gives you reasons to care about them instead of just being there. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Also, it sounds like there's drilling happening behind me, so I apologize if you hear. (laughs) (laughs) All good. Uh, Best kill in the movie. Uh, It's the bar scene for me. That whole scene. Yeah. I mean, it's my favorite scene in the whole movie. Uh, Also, Homer exploding in the middle of the road. Yeah, that was was mine. (laughs) I like the explosions at the end. Yeah, I do like... uh... Homer just kind of blowing up there as he's like crawling along. It's just great. Um, it's just I, great I I also need to mention the 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 scene of of Caleb running to the Winnebago and just like on fire, like smoking. It's it's such a perfect looking sequence. Yeah. Just as long as we're talking about people exploding or being on fire or smoking and stuff like that, I just had to bring that up because it's amazing. How they handle people, sort of the vampires, like being out in sunlight is so great too like yeah because you know they can't but like how it shows them like smoldering and then eventually like being on fire and then exploding it's just so great um cool uh dumbest decision in this movie i don't Mm. think i actually noted anything for this i don't i I don't know if i can think of anything overtly dumb i mean yeah making out with a random chick in a truck is probably like well, yeah, that's true. It's yeah. probably as dumb as it gets, but it's also like, uh, like ninety percent of the time you'll do something like that and be fine. So do you, do you re- but like I'm gonna get super heterosexual. Do you remember your? Do you remember that first like, like dream girl experience where that dream girl was into you? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like I, 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 that's what brings it back to me is like that. Like I, you know, I would have fallen on broken glass to get to that situation yeah. at that time. You know what I mean? So you kind of got to feel for, relate to Caleb. Yeah. Because uh, we've, I mean, I think everyone's made the bad decision of, of falling in with the wrong person just for superficial reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he should have known she was bad news. She could barely even eat that ice cream cone properly in the beginning. <laughs> I think that's just Jenny Wright's issue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she was like, "Please don't make me eat this ice cream. It's gonna be so I, I, bad." I I just took that as an in-universe example of that vampires don't really eat anymore, so they've just forgotten how to do it properly. <laughs> I can see that. Okay, uh, I think it's time to rate this. Would you guys give this a score of? Oh, this is my ten out of ten. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. I I, I cannot go. I can't go lower on it. I, I would I would just feel guilt until the next episode and then I would have to like cry. You guys would have to console me because I'd talk shit about <laughs> one of my favorite movies. So let's avoid all of that and all those emotional problems that I'd feel later. And uh, we'll go with the 10. Sweet. What about you, Taylor? Um, I mean, I don't want to give Steve emotional problems, but I'm going to go with this. <laughs> I really liked this movie. Um, I think it definitely draws on some teenage boy themes that maybe miss with me a little bit because movies in the 80s were 
like that a lot of the times. Yeah. Uh, but there's still, like, I don't think it does dirty. Like, there's, I have some comments about the next movie that we're going to watch, which is Vampires. Um, and some of the, the female characters in there. But for, for this movie, I mean, I have nothing really that bad to say about it. I don't think I have anything that bad to say about it. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with a solid eight. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, middle of the road. I'm going to go nine out of ten. Uh, I do really enjoy this. The I think the only real issues I have are more to do a little bit with the pacing, but... I mean, it is otherwise a perfect movie. So, yeah, 9 out of 10. Uh, really solid movie. Uh, cool. Well, Steve, where can people find you on the interwebs? Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at the Steeple Dead. I'm also on Letterboxd as well. And then my website is stevestebbing.ca. Uh, I also do uh, The Shift with uh, indeterminate guest, uh, guest hosts uh, right now. Uh, I'm on Thursdays at 11 p.m. Pacific. I still have my spot there nationally, and I'm super clingy to that right now. Uh, and then I'm also on uh, 6.30 Ched in Edmonton on the last Friday of every uh, every month. Um, it's 2.45 uh, um, Alberta time, so I forget what that one is. It's 1.45 Pacific. Okay. Uh, Taylor, where can people find you? Um, basically just social media or this podcast. Uh, my username in most places is Circeanic. Nice. I'm over at 3 com, And then uh, Twitter is uh, Film Credit Curtain and Fatal Koala on Letterboxd, in case you want to follow the moves that I review on there. A lot of people mentioned that they are curious, like, oh, what does Kurt think of blah, blah, blah movie? And then go and check Letterboxd. It's there most of the time, so... Yeah, good chance that if you're curious what I think of a movie, you can look it up on Letterboxd and follow me, and you'll you'll figure out what I what I like. Same goes for all of us. Uh, we're all on Letterboxd. So, cool. Well, until next time, everyone. Bye for now.